Coming up, today's guest is the co-founder and head of analytics at Game Refinery, a company specialized in predictive and prescriptive analytics in the mobile game industry. This episode is all about mobile games where you'll discover which games have the most potential, what are the hottest monetization trends, spoiler alert, it's Battle Pass, and what features bring your games most value in different markets. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Want to scale your ASO and Apple search ads? Well, check out appradar.com. Their clients include Tinder, Microsoft, iTranslate, and many more. Learn more at appradar.com. Calculate your app's LTV and predict your mobile app's cash flow over the next year with Pollen VC's LTV calculator. Learn more by visiting ltvcalculator.pollen.vc. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content in the app business because I talk to some amazing founders in the mobile app space so that we all can collectively learn from them. And today, I've got a phenomenal guest. We're going to talk all about games. What are the hottest trends? How are they making money? And what features matter the most when you're trying to build a sustainable mobile game business? So, Without further ado, let me introduce the guest. He is the head of analytics and co-founder at Game Refinery. Go check him out, gamerefinery.com. If you want insights on all the latest happening in the mobile game space, let me introduce his name is Joel Ulicolin. And like I said, he's the founder of co-founder at Game Refinery. Joel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Steve. Lucky, Lucky and excited to be here. I kind of screwed up on that intro, but thank you so much for coming here. So Game Refinery, you guys provide insights. So it's sort of like an intelligence platform for those in the mobile gaming space. Yes, yes, that's, that's correct. So yeah, we are kind of a data provider for the mobile game industry. So we, of course, uh, uh, we focus on, on kind of, a, let's say, deeper insights, uh, game features, what features and mechanics are trending, um, what genres are trending, what the best players in the, in the market are doing, and uh, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to go under the hood of the games and make the App Store more transparent uh, for anybody who's interested. Well, let's hook the listener right off the bat and let's start talking about making money. Actually, before I do too, you guys just acquired Reflection.io, so another intelligence platform. If you, I use it all the time. If you're interested in what your competitors are making or what's showing up, like it's amazing the, the insights are on Reflection.io as well. So go check out Reflection.io as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that was a big thing for us. So uh, we, through that acquisition, of course, uh, we are now able to provide even more interesting and, and kind of a 360 kind of view on the, on the market. So including revenue and downloads data um, and other, other stuff that we were, weren't able uh, to provide at the same scale before. So we're really excited and now kind of uh, taking Game Refinery uh, to a whole new, uh, whole new level, level in, in 2020. Congratulations on that. Okay. All right. Excellent. So I kind of teased it a little bit. The monetization trends. What what are some of the things that are happening in the mobile gaming space in terms of monetization? Well, if I have to pick just one thing uh, that kind of touches all of the genres nowadays, it has to be the battle pass system. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with what it means or it entails. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, 
um, monetization me mechanic that is based on seasons. Uh, they can be monthly, uh, monthly seasons or bi-weekly seasons, uh, whichever. And the idea is that uh, when the new season starts, there is a kind of a, um, tasks for the players to, to complete or thresholds to reach, uh, and then they get rewarded for reaching those thresholds. And of course, th there is, there's usually the free layer, which is available for everybody. So um, that's something that kind of drives uh, engagement uh, all across the board. Um, and then there is the premium player, which kind of uh, requires you to purchase the paddle pass, which can be called like golden pass or golden ticket, depending on the game. And the idea is that if you purchase the premium layer of the of the of the, of the uh, pass, uh, the your rewards um, increase in value, and, and uh, you get more of those rewards. And o almost always, there's some exclusive stuff also that, for example, skins in in, in Fortnite or other games. And um, the thing is that the battle pass system, why it works um, so well, is that it can be actually implemented in any kind of game. So no matter the genre, you can have it. It started, of course, in, in the West from Fortnite and was adapted by other mid-core shooting games. But now, uh, as the uh, 2019 uh, moved along, we could see in game refinement because we are following all, all the trends in the games. We could see that even casual games like match free games. Uh, started to implement the feature because it doesn't wreck the balance or the or the normal gameplay of, of the game because it's kind of a, on the sidelines so you don't have to think about kind of losing your game's uh, essence or soul to that evil monetization mechanic and it also offers something for everybody for free so um, so kind of even if you are not a kind of a paying a pay to win player per se you get um, more engagement, engagement kind of content to the game, and that of course then uh, drives uh, player loyalty. And, and and if you're a paying client, LTV in the long. What is it called, Joel? Bell cow? Is that what you said? Battle pass. Just, battle sorry pass. about my accent. I'm not a native speaker, but yes, <laughs> battle pass system. That's the kind of the uh, name that the industry has now established for that kind of a system. But but it can be yeah, it can be called like a. Um, any kind of uh, valor, valor progress, whatever the game is given, but the the idea is always almost always the same. And because it's based on those seasons, it's usually kind of a subscription type of a thing. So if you think about Netflix subscription, whatever, um, you you repurchase every season, you repurchase the pass, uh, the battle pass, and uh, then because you have to play to get those rewards, uh, it actually also kind of uh, fiendishly uh, makes you play the game more. I'm going to link it up into the show notes as well. But if you go to GameRefinery.com and check out their, their blog, Battle Pass yeah. is written up all about that too. And you kind of go into it. So besides, and I think you guys kind of put in who has done it well, besides Fortnite, that mobile game. And I feel like Fortnite, it's just cross-platform, right? Like my my son plays it on his PS4 and all this stuff. Is there like a mobile only game that you like? They've done Battle Pass really well. Uh, yeah. So so yeah. Of course, it is used in, in in some kind of cross platform. The same mechanic cross platform as well. Um, but but uh, in in mobile, it, it is it is now the one one of the biggest things. And, and as I said, uh, Fortnite was maybe the one title or the game that kind of uh, familiarized that mechanic with the industry. But now, as I said. Clash of Clans was able to 
kind of uh, make one, uh, 2019 one of its greatest years in revenue-wise, uh, mainly thanks to that uh, battle pass system that they implemented during last year. Um, many of the match three games like uh, like uh, 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 Gardenscapes or, or Fishdom have implemented that as well. We have seen um, some slots games, so kind of casino games, implementing the same kind of mechanics. So it's uh, it's a uh, it's it's coming hard, and, and it's not only U.S. and the Western Western markets, because in in China uh, we also follow Chinese uh, mobile game markets. In China, it is even kind of a bigger uh, kind of a trend. Uh, almost, if I remember correctly, like one third of all of the top 100 crossing games in China. So the 100 games that make the most money. Um, are utilizing the Battle Pass uh, system. Is it a subscription-based system, or is it a one-time? Uh, it, it, it's kind of a, it, it's not kind of an auto auto renewal subscription. So it's it's not like that. But the idea is because it's usually uh, like monthly seasons or whatever. It it's usually goes so that you purchase the pass, and then for the season, which is usually a month or or. or uh, Five weeks or whatever, um, you get those benefits, and you get to get to get those exclusive rewards uh, from those tasks. And then once the season is over, you have to repurchase it. Uh, so it's not an auto renewal subscription, but it's, right. it has those kind of subscription elements to it. Yeah, and it's sort of you know like I interviewed Brian from he's at, I think I forgot where he's at now, but back then he was at Backflip, and he was talking about monetizing off of impatience. Right. And it's sort of, and you, I'm kind of going through this blog post as you talk to Joel, but you have this great example where you can activate a premium account and it's usually for $3.99 for a season. It's usually locked in for 15 days or 30 days, but it gives you that reduced crafting time, reduced spell time, enhanced daily chess rewards. So it's sort of like a jolt of a little jolt of adrenaline for a little bit and get people to sort of buy a smaller, I guess, in-app purchase at the same time so it's sort of like the psychology of it I'm trying to get into yes. the psychology of it yes you you you're you're exactly exactly right and and, and then there's the the other element on top of that that uh, because uh, you get those thresholds and, and uh, during that season and, and those milestones and those tasks to complete, it also kind of uh, makes you want to play the game more yeah, because then right. when you play the game, you, you unlock those additional rewards on, on top of those, let's say, automatic benefits. And, and then uh, kind of uh, as you play, you unlock those higher grade rewards and then you can see that, okay, I haven't still unlocked those really cool, let's say, exclusive skins in Fortnite and then that makes you play. And after the season ends, um, you have you have to make the decision that do you want to kind of renew your uh, pass and and usually if the content is good enough if you get value for your money if the implementation is right uh, more often than not uh, players decide to renew and that's of course good for uh, for the developer. Yeah, and is it sort of like you guys have another blog post talking about like progress like five monetization features to increase retention? It sort of combines elements of a lot of the five different elements like tactics that you guys have laid out here in terms of like progression plans you know it helps you yeah. progress faster in the game and also limited time boost because it's like hey for the next 15 days you better get on it because you know like essentially you bought this boost and you got the next 15 days to really utilize this boost as well yeah exactly exactly and then as i said it's, it's really versatile uh, system as well because um it can be fitted to games uh 
like Fortnite that are not pay to win, that does, don't have like a, a heavy meta elements that increase your capabilities in the core game per se. Because in Fortnite, um, you get skins, for example, that don't affect your powers in the actual fighting. And so it keeps the game's balance intact. And that's a big thing, uh, because if you would get, let's say, huge boosts and bonuses, uh, make more damage for each shot that you make, um, it would kind of uh, alienate at least the Western Western audience. China is a bit different thing. They are more used to the pay to win, uh, pay to win stuff. But that's that makes the battle pass also really really kind of versatile. And that's that's I, I think that's the reason why we have seen this boom. Um, and some people even even uh, talk about it as a, as a new really revolutionary mechanic that will be one way or another make its way make its way to almost all top mobile games. And and the trend is huge. Like. Uh, beginning of 2019, there was like, if I remember correctly, like 5% or so, 5 to 10% of top 100 grossing, top 200 grossing games in US used that mechanic. And now the same figure is, is over one fourth of all the games. And it's going up. We see, when in Game Refinery, we follow games on a daily basis. Almost every day, we see a new game adopting the Battle Pass system. The latest one that comes to my mind is Empires and Puzzles, which is, which is the uh, uh, game from um, Small Giant Games, now part of Zynga. And um, it's, it's this turn-based, uh, oh, sorry, uh, puzzle RPG game, lead, leading puzzle RPG game, leading leader of the genre, adopted this mechanic. And it's, it's, it's just another example of, of the huge trend that we are seeing. There's so much great content on here too. You got to really check out that blog. All right. So that is linked up into the show notes, both the monetization tactics along with the battle pass. If you want more details about it, just go check out Gamer Friday blog. But what I want to move on to next, Joel, is when, now we talked about how to make money. I want to talk about some of the features that matter most. Like when you're thinking about building a game, this is more for the, the studios out there just thinking about the ideation phase and maybe thinking about the next title what features are the most important to really get engagement high which will ultimately lead to more monetization yeah that's a that's a that's the big big question uh, and, and something that we actually uh, get a lot in game refinery um and and it can be said that it's it's a bit genre dependable so depending on the genre that game you're making of course because uh, certain features kind of drive success more in, in some genres than others for example, if you think about um, like some uh, synchronous PvP players, player action, it's much more important in, in FPS games or that, something like that than, let's say, flash, uh, sorry, like uh, match three games, casual games. So it's genre dependent. But um, there is a big, if you think about the whole of the market, all of the games in general, uh, there's kind of a big upward trend when it comes to we call them deeper social mechanics. Um, we're talking about guild mechanics or alliances and clan systems, and, and then different kind of co-op, cooperative playing, uh, playing uh, mechanics um, in casual games and mid-core games mm. alike. And, and this, is, uh, this is big at the moment. So uh, guild mechanics and clan mechanics have traditionally in mobile games been viewed as a more kind of mid-core feature, like strategy games are using it, RPG games are using it. But during 2019, we talked about paddle pass, but another big trend was the guild mechanics and clan mechanics being making their way to casual match three games, uh, dice games, board games, um, and, and so, so on and so forth. And that, that's a, that's a kind of a, that's a feature that acts as a platform for other engagement features. So if, when you have a guild mechanic system in place, it makes it much easier to seamlessly add stuff like co-op 
uh, co-op play modes, uh, like let's say um, a team team competitions, yeah. live events that uh, kind of utilize those uh, those elements, um, and and that so that's one one big thing. So guild mechanics and everything around that, and different co-op modes, co-op play modes. Like now, almost all of the top top matchery games have some kind of co-op events or competitions that where you're matched, kind of teamed up with random players or your guild uh, team members to compete against other teams in, in matching those gems or candies or whatever. Um, and and, and that's, so that's, that I, I think is a big one. So uh, that's one, one, one and, and then of course live events in general in mobile are getting bigger and bigger. So, so having a good live ops uh, to rotate those uh, effective events to give players more kind of um, diverse and, and refreshing content to keep the in, keep the experience new and and exciting all the time. So give them more more things to do, um, and that's that's what live events are extremely good at. And and you can also test new kind of gaming modes and and deeper mechanics through live events. So you can spin up a live event uh, and to test something uh, that you don't want to kind of take a solid part or kind of a permanent part of the game just yet. But then if the results are good, if, if your players engage more during that, that event and spend more during that event, that can be something that you can think about it. Hey, maybe we want to um, turn this to a kind of permanent uh, aspect of the game. So, so to, to sum up, I would say, after this long monologue, um, guild mechanics and everything deeper social, so co-ops and guilds, and, and then... Uh, on the other hand, uh, live op, live ops and and live event related features. So those are if if you have to name something that is important in all mobile game genres. The is there just because I don't know anything about the development side of this. Is there an easy way to build these guild mechanic features? Is there a platform out there, or is this something that you just have to build internally yourself? Well, uh, yeah, you have to basically build it internally yourself. Of okay. course, uh, there is. Uh, <laughs> There is, uh, at least, of course, I'm not a designer, but what I've heard and, and how, how at least bigger players are doing it. But yeah. of course, um, as in any industry, uh, you, can, you can learn from, from, from your peers and learn from other games. Yeah. And uh, actually, our platform is really good in that. So in Game Refinery Service, we have thousands and thousands of sc implementation screenshots from, for example, Guild Mechanics. So you can go there and check out that, okay, I'm making a, let's say, turn-based RPG, or I'm making a match-free puzzle game, and I want to think about how, to, how could I, uh, for example, implement guild mechanics, guild or clan mechanics to my, or team mechanics to my game. You can go there and you can start a scheme. If you want to look at the top performing games, you can say, okay, these guys made it like this. Like, for example, Gardens, Playrix's Garden Escapes made, made the uh, guild mechanics in, in match-free games like this. Of course, you don't have to copy, but you can, you can, you can take the kind of the... Uh, the best parts and uh, test different things, seek inspiration, and, and that, of course, uh, helps in, in the uh, kind of uh, creative process. That's really cool. So I can go into, I can just name a game, like one of the top grossing games, and you'll show me screens of how they've implemented it? Yeah, exactly. That's, so that's, that's really cool. Yeah, I think, think so as well. And actually, we just launched a kind of a Pinterest kind of a collections feature over there. So you can not only look at individual pictures, but you can pin the ones that you find the most interesting. You share them with your own team. And, and of course, it helps in your, let's say, your uh, weekly roundups uh, and, and team meetings when you are discussing about something that, hey, I looked, I found this let's say battle pass mechanic implementations that look really cool. Should we, should we talk about these? Uh, how should, could we do something similar or, or should we do this kind of twist and, and kind of stand out from the crowd or 
or this is something that we truly want to stay away from, for instance. Yeah, and then you, one of the features I know is first-time experience you, videos. So that's part of Game Refinery as well. So if you want to see what... I love doing that, and I, I should do more of that too, Joel, but it's so much work. But you guys literally have somebody going through all the games and like going through that first-time user experience and recording all those videos? Yeah, yeah actually, uh, as, uh, as, uh, we have teams of analysts who are tracking those features, uh, over 200 features from all of the games. And uh, at one point, uh, a couple, two years ago, so one of our clients said that, uh, that hey, that because you guys are playing a lot of games and you are taking these screenshots from the implementation for the implementation library or the screenshot library, could you also take some videos for the, let's say, first 15 to 20 minutes of the gameplay because of those 2D first-time user experience is, is really integral and crucial part of, of making a mobile game stick, stick right. to your audience. And then that's when we started to, whenever we analyze a new game or we update a new game, uh, update a game, uh, we, because we have to play it, it's same to kind of just record the screen at the time that you're playing it. And then we also tag those videos, with chapters, we call them chapter tags, so you can, for example, see that when is the first IAP purchase forced upon the player, for example, or when is the, when is the first um, gotcha chest given to the player in RPG mm-hmm. game, for example. And you can then compare these videos so, and how many, how many free items are given to players in, in top, top games versus others and then so on and so forth. So forth. Yeah. One of my most popular viewed videos on YouTube too is this first time user experience, but I don't do it for games. I do it for like random apps. And I'm like, Hey, this app is generating, I'll use like data from reflection. This app is generating, you know, a million dollars a month and it's a celebrity voice changer app. And I'll go through that first time user experience. And all I'm doing, Joel, is kind of like using the app and talking through it. Now, this is usually the second time I've used it because I go through it first just to see what I want to talk about. (laughs) But you know, I go through it and I'm like, stunned that these get so many views and all i'm doing is literally but it is interesting to know how other apps are monetizing what what does the onboarding look like you know when do they hit me with the subscription plan because for non-games you know a lot of it's subscription based but people love this stuff and i love this stuff too actually yeah yeah that's that's uh, i totally i totally agree and uh, for example uh it's what we all also notice and i've noticed myself because um of course New games pour into the market all the time, like dozens and dozens, and nobody has the time to to uh, go and play uh, all of those games. So the f- two video, first time user experience videos, and, and the videos that you are, of course, also doing, they are kind of an easy way for anybody to kind of check out the, what, what, what is this bus all about, and, and they can they can they don't have to install the app or the game, um, just quick claims and okay, hey, this looks interesting. And, and if it looks interesting enough, maybe I download it, maybe I test it out myself. Uh, but it saves a lot of time to be able to kind of just look somebody else do it. Totally. I love it. I love that feature. Okay. The other thing I want to move on to as well is when you talk about these guild features, now, is this something that you feel like game developers should have in the very start? Or is it something that you build on top of? Because sometimes I feel like with these type of like social features, it's nice when you have a base. But when you don't have a base, like maybe you have a thousand, a few thousand, tens of thousands of users, you know, what's the point? Do you disagree with that? Or is it just like, no, it's something you should have regardless of the user base? Well, um, we get that a lot, asked a lot, because of course in game development, you have different stages. You have the prototyping, as we call it, blueprint stage, then you have the early prototypes. You, the best ones maybe 
go to the next prototype, alpha phases, beta phases, then you soft, maybe soft launch the game in some test market. And then if, if, it, if the KPIs look good, then you go to global. So uh, we can ask, uh, ask the lot, so, so should we have, for example, game mechanics right from the get-go, from, from the beginning, or is it something that we can bring, let's say, one year from the global launch? Mm, of course, it's always a bit case-dependent, but... I understand that there is also kind of a, it's always a struggle against time. You have your resources, you budget your budget your deadlines, you have to prioritize things. Like in any, any anything, any industry or anything you do, you have to prioritize. Um, but I would say that if you are thinking game that you want to expand it and really take um, the advantage out of deeper social elements like, like uh, co-ops and really build the engagement and the community around the game, uh, guild mechanics are almost always a good way to go. Of course, it's a bit genre-dependent. But if you don't have it in the, let's say, soft launch phase or, or, or in the, even in the global, it's, it's, it's not something to be uh, too worried about. But... I would say and strongly suggest that at least think about it and have it somewhere. If you decide not to do it or whether it's not the guild mechanics or, or any other kind of key feature, as we call them, uh, maybe you should talk about it, think about it, objectively review it, the different options and possibilities. And if you decide not to do it at any stage, then you have better have that good reasons not to. And then if you decide to go, go with it, at least point it on your roadmap at some point. And if you decide, let's say, to implement the guild mechanics later on, let's say, after the global launch, um, players should be able to, uh, it's much more powerful if you let them know that that is coming. So kind of messaging and communicating in the game itself that something is coming. And, and the best performing games in the soft launch or after soft launch, we have noticed do this. So if they haven't yet have, let's say, different live events running. They might have a kind of section, live event section that says that, hey, coming soon, or we will, we will have Alliance Wars coming soon. So the players who take the game in the early stages, they, ha they know that, okay, I, li I like the core game experience. I love this game. It doesn't have the social things I love at the moment, but these things, these guys are saying that they will bring them soon. So th that might give me playing it more and more because if you don't do it and let's say that you kind of lose your potential by not not tapping into those key features early on it is not very powerful or effective to bring them a year later when you have kind of all already lost the momentum and your players might have moved to other games because there is a if you are not aware there's of course a kind of fierce competition about the game everything is free and if they don't like your game and, and see that there's no Nothing to clean, uh, kind of um, uh, hold on to, then they move to the next one. So that that would be again a long answer to a short question, but kind of uh, think about it and and have a plan for it. It's true. It's one of the reasons that you know I have a Peloton, and it's like ah, you know, like these social features actually, you know, are kind of cool. And what I've done, Joel, is recently I'll look at the classes that my friends have taken on a Peloton, and I'll look at their stats. And I'll be like, right, I'm going to take that class. I'm going to try to beat your stats. <laughs> sometimes I win, sometimes I don't, but something to aim for as well. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Social elements all across our lives are kind of a booming. Of course, social media and everything is making, build, building communities with, with like-minded people is, is easier than ever. And the games are no exception. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, let's talk about the, then let's move on to the next topic. Games that have the most potential. What are you going to get? Yeah. What, I'll, I'll just start with that. <laughs> Games, okay, uh, of course. Uh, it depends. It depends if you stick with the 
US market. Start with the US market because it's a bit different thing in Japan and China if we talk about genres and game types. Um, in US, um, it's 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 kind of a good situation because there are plenty of strong genres on top crossing um, uh, that are kind of having a pull and, and, and demand to be able to kind of sustain a couple of hit hit titles and even the kind of um, let's say uh, kind of other other titles as well as making enough money to sub support uh, developers and for example match three games as lots of games turn based RPGs for X strategy games um, are doing really good at the moment. Um, so those type of games are kind of, uh, of course, the competition is fierce, but, but there is, the market is big enough to sustain several players, uh, several titles. Um, then, uh, of course, there are some genres like uh, MOBAs, uh, card battlers, um, action RPGs in, in West that are not doing as well as they are, for example, doing in, in like action RPGs are doing extremely well in China. And in the US, they are struggling a bit. Um, it might change in, in, in the near future because in mobile, mobile genre, NetEase is bringing uh, Marvel Super War, which, which can be actually actually analyzed in our system. It looks pretty promising. Uh, then in uh, Riot's uh, League of Legends, mobile game Wild Rift is coming. Um, in card binder games, you have uh, Legends of Runeterra in, in close speed at the moment. So a lot of interesting things is happening at the moment. So in general, you can kind of have success in any genre. Of course, you have to have the extremely competitive feature set, uh, implement those features really well, and of course, take care, good care of the UA and, and kind of a really effective UA. But of course, as I, if I have to say that um, what genres are the biggest ones, and, and, and there's room for other many player kind of games, uh, I would say match three of different kinds for strategy games, turn-based RPGs and slots, just based on the numbers. But of course, now somebody comes and says that, hey, my endless runner game is making enough money for me and it's a great game. So, of course, that's that's possible, but, but the bigger picture looks like this. And then in China, uh, of course, it's all about RPGs, action RPGs, um, MMORPGs. And Japan is all about turn-based RPGs. So if you look at US and Western markets, there are more kind of viable genres kind of sharing the biggest part of the cake uh, than in, in China and Japan. What do you, what are your thoughts on the hyper casual games like the Flappy Birds of the world or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hyper casual is, is of course, uh, talk of, well, has been talk of a town and really booming uh, last year and the year before. Um, and it, it's, I, I like them a lot. There, there is the, the kind of, they have their own, market that they are really kind of and their own process of making those games it's actually making those games successful is actually much more complex than uh, it might seem in the, in the kind of in the surface um what have we have seen at the moment is that hyper casual games are starting to move a bit towards casual games so uh traditionally monetizing through ads more about ads, the hyper casual games uh, we have seen that now more and more of those Hypercasual games are bringing IAP monetization mechanics uh, kind of to, to support ad monetization. So as we call them, we are, they are moving towards casual games more, implementing light meta elements like you can collect stuff and, and maybe upgrade your, even if it's a bouncing your ball across <laughs> obstacles, there can be like meta layer that you can upgrade your ball or you can, you can buy gotcha chests to get new skins for your ball or whatever kind of light mechanics. Not to, to kind of, Keep them light enough to not to alienate the current users and the hyper casual uh, kind of lovers, 
but also bringing more IAP monetization uh, sinks to the to the game. So uh, I think the constructor of fun, uh, it's, it's of course the industry industry uh, blog, uh, they call them. I think it was hybrid casual or something that have kind of uh, kind of coined the name for for these games that hyper casual that are moving towards the, the kind of traditionally IAP monetization casual games. But yeah, I, 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 I kind of um, I think that there there's still a lot of kind of money to be made there a lot of a lot of players to be reached there hyper casual of course those games are always on top of the download charts and some of them uh, are even making it pretty high pretty kind of high rankings in the top crossing charts through those iap monetization mechanics yeah really what's a good example of one that that's sort of hybrid casual now well, yeah, it's it's. I would say I would say that. Uh, well, last year everybody was talking about Archero. Archero. Um, it's a. It's a. I don't know if you have you played Archero. No, I haven't. It's a. It's a. It's a really simple kind of. Um, what what shoot, video? Uh, it, it's it's uh, Archero like Archer and then letter O in in the in the beginning. It's all about um, this. You are this. Uh, you can select your character. Really light, light meta layer. Basically, what you are doing, you are kind of using one hand to to uh, control your hero in the dungeon dungeons, uh, shooting monsters as they come by. Uh, it automatically aims. Uh, you don't have to worry about that. You just move away, and then it's it's all about that. So it's really easy to learn. It's really easy to kind of uh, crap and uh, crap and, and start playing. Um, really addictive. The difficulty curve is is quite quite challenging and and. Uh, and and it has like I said, it, it monetizes a lot through ad, ads, a lot of incentivized ads, and it's it's really simple. So some people might consider it as almost a hyper casual by that nature. But then as it implements those uh, IAPs and, and kind of equipment and development and meta layer, light meta layer, I would view it as a kind of hybrid casual uh, or, or casual game. So that's a good example. And because it was so big hit last year, of course, they have a lot of copycats. And now it, it was another example of, of, of uh, really simple game mechanics and simple game core gameplay uh, that can really kind of benefit from the right kind of, uh, right kind of um, uh, IAP features as well on top of those ads. Got it. Hey, Joel, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but like one of the things that we, you know, clients want to always do is get featured by the app stores. Do you have any thoughts on what, any tips for them on who want to get featured? Uh, well, well, it's, 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 there's of course, uh, everybody's talking about how, how, how could we get features, uh, featured, uh, we don't have any hard data, uh, kind of, uh, or any models that would predict if, if the game gets, gets features, featured, uh, but of course, understanding how big of a boost it can give you uh, lots of downloads, it can give you a game is of course something that everybody's trying to, trying to get for their game. Uh, of course it goes without saying that all the biggest, uh, biggest title when Supercell launched a game or, or like uh, Robbie launched the game, they usually get featured. But but what I have read and heard of, from from through the grapevine, it seems to be that of they're kind of different criteria. Uh, it doesn't hurt if you have kind of an innovative uh, new way of looking at some genre or game, and and or really let's say really polished uh, graphics or audiovisual experience. Uh, so kind of. Sticking out from the crowd in in different areas of, of, of game design usually helps, of course. Um, uh, so so that's that's kind of a, as far as we are, we are concerned. And of course, Apple. If you think about App Store featuring, 
they have their own own kind of teams uh, talking thinking about those games and 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 their own criteria of course and that's unfortunately something that i i i don't have access to but if you look at the games that get features there's usually something uh, something uh, kind of a unique uh, at least this unique twist to an old genre or some really spectacular element single element in the game that that really helps in in that well, as we get closer to WWDC, one thing that we have helped a lot of clients get featured is go to WWDC, like show off your app, try to get feedback and really learn from these app store managers. They have these workshops. Mm. And when I've given these tips, you know, one of my clients ended up getting a game of the day. So it's really helpful when you kind of have that relationship like you and I are having just in, we're not in person, but we see that video and we see each other and try to get that feedback from the app store manager. As well. Yes, of course, and, and as 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 I always say, uh, as as uh, we are all people, it usually yeah. helps to kind of, as you said, kind of build build relationships, meet we meet with the, with the, with the um, right people, and and get your message through, get your vision through uh, through through to them. That of course helps as well. I don't want to see say that it's it's like a, it's like something that you should try to kind of. Uh, uh, weasel your way in, into the right circles and try to try to affect those decisions by that way. But it, it of course, it's it's something that uh, if if you meet face to face and and talk with people and and, and uh, are able to make them believe that you have something something uh, worth uh, featuring. Of course, it, it's a whole different game that you're just sending sending something out there and, and by the sort yeah, of email, no. hey, please feature my game. It's, yeah, I'm not like, recommending that at all. I'm I'm saying like go with it with getting feedback and then being like, Joel, hey, you know, here's my game. Here's how I thought about it. And try to get feedback from Joel if he's the App Store manager and say like, that's great. And then, you know, what I've always recommended is once you've implemented some of the Joel's suggestions and be like, hey, Joel, you know, it's great meeting you. Implemented some of these things now. Like, what do you think? Is this worthy of a feature? That's when you Mm -hmm. make the ask, right? Like at WABC, you just go for feedback and that's all I would recommend. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, That's a really good recommendation. I think that will help help a lot. Um, and as I said, it, it's for for uh, for many developers. The featuring can be uh, kind of a, can be kind of a really decisive factor when 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 I'm thinking about uh, if your app is going to kind of reach bigger audiences or not. Yeah, nice. Well, let's end with this, Joel. Give me what are the hottest burning trends in the mobile gaming space. <laughs> well, of course, we are, we kind of begin we began with with the, the I would say the hottest one, which is the battle battle pass system. That's that's the, that's the one one big thing, um, and then of course, then then of course those other like um, guild mechanics implementations across across the board. That's that's the big one. Uh, third one that is is I would say is really kind of um, the industry is, has been buzzing about and talking about in terms of, of game design is is the incentivized ads. So as we as we touch the subject with the hyper casuals that they are primarily monetizing through those ads. And they are moving towards the, let's say other games in terms of adapting IAP monetization mechanics. Now the other games, what we have noticed is that they are in growing numbers implementing in adds to their games so it's kind of everybody's coming closer to some kind of a shared no man's land whatever you want to call it so so incentivized ads um it's it's something that uh, uh ads were kind of frowned upon um in, in the past by many of those iap focusing games of course because it, it, the idea idea was that if you look at if you look at five to six years ago that's were like forced ads or banners that kind of hurt the gaming experience 
and, and then kind of a user decrease the retention. But to the incentivize it adds, meaning that you watch a video to get a reward. It's not mandatory, you don't have to watch it, but if you want to watch like a match game before you go to a level, you can watch a video to get a booster item just in the start of the Candy Crush level 1500, for example. Um, it's something that is really making its way through to all games. And now, in game, that's why we in Game Refinery, in the beginning of this year, we started to track about 15 uh, different ad-related features, like uh, how how are they implemented? Uh, what rewards do they provide? Uh, can you, for example, uh, skip waiting times when you are constructing a building in Clash of Clans kind of game? Or can you revive your dead hero in RPG game by watching a video? Or can you boost your resource uh, output in, in some, let's say, heyday kind of a game? And there are plenty of different examples and innovative ways that games have been seamlessly able, able to seamlessly integrate ads as a part of the gaming experience. And what we have noticed is that if you do it well enough, uh, the effect, if you think about retention and, and how engaged players are, you might be afraid that, okay, if we do these ads, incentivized ads, we're going to lose our gamer base because they're going to hate it and, and because it's going to break their gaming uh, kind of... Uh, kind of experience and wreck the kind of the whole whole uh, whole fun of the game but actually what we have heard is that if you do it well enough it actually can might increase your retention and and when you remove there are a couple of examples of game removing those incentivized ads and players complaining that hey bring those ads back we loved them because the, those were the, gave us the opportunity to for example get through hard levels and we didn't have to uh, make real money payments. And that's that's the thing about the incentivized ads because there are a lot of players in mobile games that will won't ever pay a single dime to IAPs. That's that's how 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 it is and it's it's a kind of accepted fact by the industry and that's that's okay. But by implementing these incentivized ads you can reach many of those people uh, players who won't otherwise give you anything, they won't pay any money, they will game play the game, and then there's some, some point in time they will quit and move with other games. But with, the, with these incentivized ads, you can kind of get some money through those, those players because they are ready to watch ads, ads to get boosts, even though they are not ready to pay real money to get those boosts. And that's partially the, one of the reasons. Uh, now that many games have learned how to do it smoothly and, and seamlessly without breaking the ex game experience, uh, to be able to kind of uh, give birth to new revenue streams uh, to support the IAP spearhead that is usually the case in, in the mid-core casual game. So I, that, that would be, uh, I would say, the third hot trend uh, nowadays in mobile. I like it. What's, the, what's an innovative way that you've seen for these type of ads? Well, uh, I would say uh, they are really effective uh, well, uh, the most innovative mechanics usually have we've been able to find from games um, that can um, adapt the incentivized ads to different points of the game loop. For example, Arturo that I mentioned um, earlier, it has, um, you can, there are some really basic stuff, like you can watch a video to get a free gacha chest. That, that's not too innovative, it's just basic, basic stuff. And then there's another point where you can, you can, you can watch a video to get kind of, um, uh, you can see, you can get some currency or energy. You can see what you're getting. It's kind of daily deal or something called, uh, it's, it's also a really basic one. Uh, then you can, when you die, you can watch a video 
to revive mm. revive your character, and then at some point, because the game, the idea in the game is that that uh, if you die or your hero dies, um, you have to start the whole dungeon all over again. If they can be like fifty levels or or thirty levels, and and if you die in level, let's say forty nine, it you have to start all over again. So in some levels or dungeons. When you go to another room, there can be this angel pops up and says, says to you, hey, if you want to get some extra boosts, you can watch another video. Mm-hmm. Again, not to kind of a too innovative way, but works like magic in that kind of setting. So, uh, so I would say that um, the, way of, the way you use those incentivized ads don't have to be too innovative per se if you think about like this like hey give me some really cool example how you watch a video and then something really magical happens and everybody wants to watch video but if you have the game mechanics that supports uh and kind of video ads and and then you are able to find those points that players really want to spend let's say 20 20 seconds of their time to get uh, to save let's say Five minutes of their time by by preventing or increasing their chance of beating the dungeon. That's that's a good way to do it. Of course, you have the idle games uh, like like Adventure Capitalist and those where the whole game the idea is that you you build your tycoon empire and you generate more and more and more money. Uh, and it's all about waiting. So you wait. You have to wait like I have. Let's say I have to wait uh, fifteen minutes. Then I have enough money to purchase that new huge building that generates more money for me. But then the game gives you a boost. Like, hey, watch this short ad and you double your revenue for the next four hours. It's a no-brainer because you otherwise the game is all about waiting and coming back to the game and now I have enough money to buy this. Why not, why not spend 20 minutes, sorry, 20 seconds and watch a video to give like two-hour boost to your production? So that's, it's, I would say that the more you know, the ads have to be thought about uh, with your core game experience in mind. And that lets you find those points where to implement the ads. Um, and then, of course, you can check uh, references from Game Refinery or anywhere to how to do those uh, ads and what kind of uh, mechanics work. One of the games that I actually did a video on too, kind of analyzing this was Fun Run 3, where they would have the daily rewards and they said, hey, you know, you get 200 coins, but you want 400 coins by watching this video too. And I was like, yeah, every single time, right? And it's a great mechanic because <laughs> yeah. daily rewards will bring users back and I'm spending, I'm watching a video because I get more anyways, right? And then after yeah. the game, they're like, hey, you won 400 coins. Do you want to double it after you won this game? And of course, it's like a nice little break. I just won. Watch the yeah. app. Do whatever. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Bask in the glory of your victory. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 good thing. And and actually, now that you mentioned that one, now now I kind of remember one pretty innovative one that is kind of gaining ground. And it's we call them a progression element in in in, in kind of incentivized ads. So it means that let's say um, let's take. A, like uh, like uh, this island, like adventure capitalist that they say hey let's watch a video to get a uh, double your revenue output for the next two hours you watch a video and then it says hey do you want, want to watch another video to quadruple your revenue or like 10 okay. make it 10 times so it's kind of progress the more videos and it, it might say hey you can watch still four videos and each time you watch a video the boost kind of uh, progressively increases uh, so that's that's something that uh, 
at least our analysts have noticed that it's it's really really cool psychological trick that makes you watch those videos or you might have a, a kind of a string of videos you can see that okay if i watch one video i get let's say 100 points and then each second video i get 200 points third video and so on and then when i watch the fifth video which is the last one uh, i get a let's say a gotcha chest that can reward me with a unique character of course you're going to watch those videos to get that character because the character's value can be if you are lucky with the pool uh the character's value can be like a worth of three hours of gameplay so that's 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 something that really kind of works really well progressive uh, uh ad uh, rewards as we call I like them that. i like that progressive ad rewards i like that like that, Joe. I, that analyst job sounds very fun. <laughs> yeah. Bunch of games. Yeah. yeah, it's it's. Uh, wait until you have played like five hundred or thousand games. It's it it it, it kind of. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it's still it's still it's still fun to find find something uh, innovative. One one still. That's Myself, when it's I, fun. I, I, yeah, I played like thousand games during the last four years or so. So uh, it's it's um, it's nice to find something innovative yeah. once in a while. Yeah, I like it. Hey, anything we missed that you want to make sure we cover, Joel? I think I think. Hey, this um, first of all, this would be great, great for me as well. Um, cool. Fun, fun, fun chat. And so, thank, 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 thanks to you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think we have covered a lot of the kind of hot topics today. And uh, of course, if anybody's um, anybody's interested to check out what Game Refinery and what I do and, and what we have to offer and look at some cool implementations of battle pass systems or look at what genres are trending or what features are trending. Uh, we have a free logo, lo login, a free kind of program in, in the Game Refinery service. So you can go to gamerefinery.com and, and uh, log in for free and get kind of a glimpse of our service. And, and uh, um, if, you, if you have any, any kind of good ideas or, or uh, um, feedback you want to provide us, there's a nice little, little chat system that lets you shoot out messages to us. So uh, looking forward to hear any, any, any kind of uh, feedback and, uh, and uh, constructive, constructive uh, ideas that can make our service even better. Yeah, you got to check out the the service, obviously, because they got a ton of different features in terms of what features other games are implementing, updates on the impact, game feature sets, App game icon analysis and the blog is awesome. So Joel and Steve done you. a really good job of really coming up with the right blog and the content's amazing. So it is gamerefinery.com. Joel, what's your favorite game before we end this? Are you like playing right uh, now? Uh, what I'm playing right now, uh, Hearthstone. I have to say, I'm uh, I, I, I've been playing Hearthstone since since the very beginning. That's that's one and uh, Arturo. That's 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 the other one. I I've never I, even I, heard I, of Arturo. I have it now. I'm gonna play it. <laughs> check it out check it out it's 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 it's, it's kind of cool it's like a, it's really simple and uh, in your daily commute or anywhere you're sitting in tube or whatever kind of have fun fun five minutes to spend your time and joel if the audience wants to follow up with you personally do you want to send them anywhere me LinkedIn, personally twitter, yeah linkedin twitter instagram where do you where do you want to send them uh, I'm actually, I'm I'm so old-fashioned that I don't have a Twitter account, but you can find me on LinkedIn if you if you want to check out for so with just my name. Um, but uh, of course, my blogs. I, I I've been writing a couple of blog posts. Those can be found in GameRefinery.com. There's a blog section. So, uh, of course, my my uh, my uh, writings, but also really good posts from our analysts who are kind of, uh, for example, if you're interesting about the battle pass system, we have a really really. Great blog post by Erno, uh, one of our chief 
chief analyst, he really he really knows what he's talking about over there. And so that's the, that's probably the best place to check right. out. Well, all that is linked up into the show notes as well. And I'm at Steve P. Young on all of your social media platforms. Joel, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. It was my pleasure. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.